0: Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hello and welcome back to Doom Coming. It's getting too easy <laughs> to I, I, I but think there. you just
2: hold the O until your voice cracks. That's what I've been noticing.
1: Yeah. Well... I'm just here to have a good time, Kristen. And that's part of it. So <laughs> Today we're talking about season one, episode six. Saints. Saints, plural. As in when the go marching in. <laughs> uh, this episode was written by Ashley Lyle, Bart Nickerson. You might remember them from every other episode. And also uh, Chantelle Wells. It was directed by someone whose surname is Woodruff. <laughs> and whose first name is either Bill or Billy. It's spelled B I L L E. Depends on how you feel that day. This episode originally aired on December 19th, 20, 2020, 20, <laughs> 2021.
2: Uh, lucky for you, Jenny. You're finally out of your least favorite time span. Uh between Yes. Uh, Order
1: has been restored. Yes, I am
2: now 41 and you remain at 40. Congratulations. Nice. This is the one where the girls tangle with the birds and the bees, navigating love, lust, and DIY surgery. In the present, blackmail, bunnies, and an icy reunion. Misty prepares for a house guest. <laughs>
1: and yikes yes as they said in
2: the 90s yikes stripes fruit striped gum
1: wow (laughs) I forgot
2: uh whenever I hear the word yikes it's truly what I think of so
1: that's where I live so what's this episode about besides what you just said well
2: so you know We like to find a character. Last episode, we uh, didn't find a character unless you went with Jenny's choice of triangle buddy. Um, Triangle buddy! You didn't see my original note. uh, Right now in in the show notes, it says Lottie? Salvation? But the first uh, draft of that was uh, Lottie and Jesus?
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which, like, you know... Potato, potato.
2: Exactly. Um, But I think, you know, it's funny because... The episodes are getting more... There's more connective tissue between the past and the present as we move forward. And so... And the f- the formatting is not consistent, right? Which I th- I think is a, a mark of a quality show, like a quality writing, you know, that they're not like, and then every episode we will do it like this. Mm. um. And so it feels like it's Lottie in that we get baby Lottie yet again. How many feet do we have in our mouths at this point from that first episode that so we So many take? feet. So many feet. Um... But it's like, you know, we there it is Lottie, but we don't get it, it's not all Lottie. It's like we get baby Lottie, we get a lot. <laughs> we get a Lottie of Lottie. And um we also but we also get a ton of other characters and their their plot lines. So, you know, I, I call it Lottie, but it's a little different than when like our focus was Ty in episode three.
1: Yeah. Well we don't have the benefit of seeing Lottie in twenty twenty one.
2: Yeah. If that's, that's true. a thing.
1: Mm-hmm. But shall we kick it off with what Lottie's getting up to in this episode? Yeah, I mean,
2: so well, let's start with the with baby, with the adorable baby Lottie. All these children so are so cute. Um so we get. I mean, wh- what do we think this is? Like nineteen ninety. Uh, yeah, eighty nine. Eighty uh, nine. Uh, Taylor Swift is being born somewhere, and Lottie sitting in Th- the. There's
1: no. There's no reason to bring her into this. I'm sorry,
2: nineteen eighty nine. That's she. I, I mm-hmm. can't separate it from Taylor Swift <laughs> being born. <laughs> Um, so little Lottie is in the back seat. Her parents are in the front seat. They're discussing the cost of oil, which is super relatable content to watch in 2022.
1: Yeah. Kristen, do you remember what, um, what a tank of gas cost the first time you filled up your car when you became a driver?
2: I don't remember what a tank cost, but I remember that there was a good span of time where gas was under a dollar or just over a dollar a gallon. There was one time when it was 89 cents a gallon at the at the gas station on the corner where my high school was when I was driving.
1: The first time I filled up my car was 84 cents a gallon. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, what? Just wild. Just absolutely wild. I mean, think about that. Like I have my car right now has like a 16 gallon tank, which means that at those prices, it would have cost me $16 oh to fill up my whole gas tank. And now it costs me like 70 to $80. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's not funny. It's really upsetting. But that's where we are. Anyhow, The parents are in the front seat talking about uh, something they're hearing on the radio. Cost cost of oil. Da-da-da-da-da. And then baby Lottie screams in the back seat. And they're like-
1: She lets out a little precognition shriek. Yeah. Which prevents her parents from driving when the light turns green. And then there's a big old smash-up. Great big car accident right in front of them. So what we can take away from this is that what I take away from this is that Lottie uh, had some some precog uh, advantage and just saved everybody's lives, and then she returns to happily brushing her My Little Pony's mane.
2: Is it actually a My Little Pony? I meant to look. Yes. It is. It's a legitimate, oh, yes. b- a brand name pony.
1: I don't know why they would <clears throat> bother putting one in that wasn't a MLP. <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, especially because I mean, it it appears by all counts the that the, the Matthews family the is Matthews loaded. The Matthews family is loaded, exactly, exactly. I think that's why they would make the decision not to, is if the if the Matthews family was
1: not loaded. Um, so, Mr. Matthews is the Scully of this nuclear family and Mrs. Matthews is the Mulder.
2: Yeah, mom believes Lottie. Dad's like, put her on meds. So this Uh is um, this ties into a conversation that we were not able to like fully have last week, right? Where like we We saw that Lottie was on meds. She was running out of meds. It was like, is this show going to be all in the real, like all in this realm or in other realms? And I think this episode really takes it to, ok. So like at the very least, we've gotten backstory on Lottie seeing a car crash or something that gave her the ability to warn her parents and then seeing, as we will talk about, many, many, many things in 1996 in the woods. Um off of these meds that we know her dad, you know, put her on basically at this point in her young life when she's like 8 years old, maybe maybe I'm mean, honestly you said 89 and and when I said 90, but I think um, my math is probably off. I think she's probably like 6 here. She's pretty little. Hmm. So do you wanna talk about some of the visions that she has in the woods? Uh, One in particular that that we get to see so many times despite wanting to never, ever, ever see it? At least if you're me, Kristen Russo.
1: Yeah, this bloody antlered deer
2: trotting about. Is this what a deer looks like when it is shedding its antlers?
1: I did not think so. But Ben seems convinced,
2: and I like. I feel very trusting of Ben. Ben has hunting facts. He's got condoms. Ben has everything you need for your uh, crash in the woods.
1: <laughs> okay, yuck. I'm. Yeah, I've I've discovered. So, oh my god, yeah. Shedding the the antler velvet does look. A little bloody and stringy, unfortunately.
2: Okay. All right. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. It's pretty gnarly. Um, but we get a lot of of Lottie visions here of this deer specifically. Um, we also get a really, really pointed shot of Lottie sort of like turning she gr- she is going to go outside because as i've put in the show notes uh, in this episode thaisa is in fact eating dirt across all timelines um indeed So at one point, Lottie um, in the cabin is going to go outside and grab a lantern, um, finding young Ty eating dirt. And when she takes that lantern, she also unhooks it from deer antlers and turns around and there is a gorgeous shot of Lottie's head in the center of the antlers, giving her this like antler crown, which we have seen in the woods, in those what-the-hell-are-these flashbacks when we have all of the, like, fur masks and other such stuff. I like that you
1: call them the what-the-hell-are-these flashbacks. What? Well, just, uh, like, what
2: is happening here? You know what well, I mean?
1: Like... Yeah, I mean, I would call them, like, cannibalism flashbacks. Or I just like,
2: refuse to get on the cannibalism train, sure, you know? Sure, Like, I no, can- I'm not getting there. Until yes.
1: It's been proven beyond the shadow of a doubt. Or how about uh, the colloquialized uh, thing that what's been coined on Reddit and the Internet, the antler queen flashbacks. OK, maybe. Sure.
2: sure. Antler. Qu- I will. I, w- I accept antler queen flashbacks. But otherwise, there are innocent- just too
1: many things that could fall into the basket of the what's going on here flashbacks. <laughs> That's true.
2: <laughs> um, but I, I stay firm in my innocent until proven cannibal camp. okay um okay so oh my gosh the so I had the way that um the way that like note-taking has been uh, going on a journey for me is that now uh in case anyone really loves to hear what happens behind the scenes uh (laughs) I take my notes like like the olden days where I go scene by scene. I take very detailed notes. And then I make a a shared notes document for Jenny and I, where I look through my detailed notes and I'm like, oh, this goes here and this goes here and this goes there. And it's actually a really fascinating exercise. I think especially so for this show, because normally if I do something like that, I'm like, oh, I have like a thought or a second thought. But for this, some like really big shit comes up for me. And um, the biggest thing I think that came up for me in this, which is, is part in the Lottie camp, but also part in the Thaisa camp, is that the, and I, I'm sorry to like jump right here, Jenny, but l- we have this baptism. We're going to talk, I'm sure, a ton about it, right? Laura Lee baptizes Lottie in the lake. And as I was taking my notes, I realized that there's another scene in the lake, which is Van and Thaisa. And Ty and Van are, like, making out, writing words on each other's bodies. We will also talk more about that scene. But what I realized is, like, oh, there's a lake. And two things happen in that lake. And both Thaisa and Laura Lee Lottie are both feeling that they're like, pointing in a direction of some kind of salvation, right? That, Mm -hmm. like, Thaisa is like, I will save us. I will journey into the the woods and believe that I can find help for us to save us. And the Lottie and Laura Lee side of things is, like, much more a spiritual salvation and how can we trust what we can't touch or how can we, like, how do we believe and how does that belief, like, Mm -hmm. hold us up and possibly save us? So I just, like... Thought that that was so cool. That was like definitely a parallel that my brain. I mean, I know, I know there are folks that watch shows and are just immediately there, but like for me, it takes a couple of leaps through notes uh, in my documents to get there. And I just thought it was really, really fucking cool. And baptism as like a theme in this lake seems just like Chef's kiss. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny's looking at me like she's so
1: impressed with me.
2: Like, wow, look at her go, you know?
1: Well, I had the benefit of reading the show notes before we actually got onto tape. so i I burned a lot of my I'm impressed fuel already in, <laughs> in the privacy of my own home. but but I do think this is a very cool observation. Uh, I was kind of confused because there's like a little bit of a waterfall situation going on where uh, Thaisa and Van are doing their mm. I'm riding on your back game and I thought that was maybe like a little grotto that was like removed from the lake but also I guess it would be at the very least probably connected connected to the yeah,
2: yeah. and and I think you know I, I mean I definitely don't think it even needs to be the same lake for it to have the you sure. know, submerging in water, and I mean the. Let's talk about the baptism. Do you want to just like talk yeah. about that whole journey of of Lottie? Is this? Like, I think this is really cool. Um, so Lottie has run out of of her meds, and we are to at least, given the information we have, draw lines between the fact that she is some kind. She has some kind of like precog abilities here. She is some kind of visions. And these meds have, like, tamped them down. So now she's having Mm -hmm. visions. And she's also been, I mean, say what you will, but, like, she's definitely been robbed of the experience of having these kinds of visions for many many years so she is now isolated in the woods after a plane crash experiencing Mm -hmm. them really for the first time since she was super little so she is overwhelmed and terrified perhaps she wouldn't be if she had had some more in her life who knows but that's where she is And so she turns, of course, to like Laura Lee to have a conversation because she knows that Laura Lee is very spiritual, has presented herself as such and might have some answers.
1: Honestly, the most important thing that happens in this little subplot, in my mind, is that when Lottie approaches Laura Lee, she sneaks up on her and Laura Lee is scared. So she says, cheese and rice. Which is a way for uh, you to inoculate yourself against taking the Lord's name in vain.
2: (laughs) Yes. I. But rhyming. Cheese and rice in all caps in my notes as well. It's funny because in 1996, I can't imagine you saying this, Jenny. But like in 2022, I can imagine you saying Mm. cheese and rice.
1: It could happen. Okay. So
2: after Laura Lee says cheese and rice... Lottie Lottie is basically like, so in the Bible, people like see a bunch of shit, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Lorelei is like, yes, visions, connection to God. It's so holy. Everything is chill. Praise the Lord.
2: Yeah. And they have this conversation um, because Laura Lee is like, you know, in the Bible, they like can be a a warning or they can be a revelation. And Lottie asks, I think, a really cool question. How did they know they weren't just crazy? And uh, Laura Lee gives an answer that I also think is fucking cool. She says, God gave them faith. It's the substance of things that are hoped for. The evidence of things unseen. They knew it because they believed it. This is some cool fucking Very Laura nice. Lee, like like really. And what I love about the way that Laura Lee is written, um, and, and like the words that she gives is she's not at all like. It does not feel that she is preaching or that she is saying this is the truth. She starts her sentence by saying, I think, or like the way that I interpret it. Like, it's very, it's very beautiful the way that she is sharing her beliefs because it does not feel. And she's been this way since the jump. I just feel like it really comes to a, a head here in this conversation with Lottie. You know, we've never seen Laura Lee, like, shame anyone else for their beliefs at least to my recollection it very much feels Mm -hmm. like Laura Lee believes what she believes she walks in that belief and she is like here if you want to talk to her about it but also she's not here to like judge you which like wow imagine Jenny imagine a world where like this was how people practiced Christianity (laughs) or anything else (laughs) or anything else yeah yeah exactly
1: yes that would be very cool oh well yeah uh so, Laura Lee is like, yo, you have to. I my I've got an idea, and it involves you accepting Jesus into your heart, and me baptizing you.
2: <laughs> yes, and, and I have a spare nightgown. I'm assuming that that this is Laura wow, Lee's whose
1: nightgown. Is that it's gotta be Laura Lee's nightgown, right? I don't know because I think Lottie is like a bit taller than
2: mm. Laura Lee. I think she
1: might be like the tallest in the squad. You think Lottie um, packed
2: that nightgown? I mean, Lottie is a pretty great. Honestly, out of all of their dressing styles, I think I'm most into Lottie's outfits. They're very. I fucking just think cool. for
1: a week-long trip, a lot of them seem to have multiple pajama uh, <laughs> options, which seems. <laughs>
2: You know, in, in Buffering the Vampire Slayer, we had a lot of strong opinions about matching pajama sets. Uh That's Here true. in the Doomcoming universe, we're going to have a lot of opinions on how many pairs of pajamas do you need to pack for one week? Yes. One is the answer from me. That's how many pairs of pajamas I would pack for one week.
1: Yeah, that seems fine. <laughs> um...
2: I want to talk for a second about the cinematography in the actual baptism. It is mm-hmm. so gorgeous. We have, yeah. when they go to the lake to do this baptism, Um, like we said, Lottie is in a nightgown of her own or who knows. Who's, whose nightgown is it? Uh, share your opinions with us uh, in the comments or, you know, at Buffer and Cast. <laughs> but... She, Laura Lee, puts her under the water, and we see her from above the water. We also get like one shot from like a shark's vantage point. Correct? <laughs> the <laughs> there's like a
1: well. There's this like is a, a freshwater sh- lake,
2: Kristen. <laughs> Listen, I guess technically, there <laughs> on are Lost, there was sharks, a polar but... bear in the woods. So, like, don't tell me what right. can be in this lake and okay. what can't be. Okay. But um, when we see Lottie from above. It's really beautiful. And then we go to the side. And now Laura Lee is basically gone. And Lottie is like falling through the water. And it's just like these really deep blues and beautiful lighting. It's so, I just fucking love it. I love it so much. And um, Lottie sort of is transported in this moment uh, of baptism to what kind of looks like a scene from Nightmare on Elm Street at the jump it's like a very wet basement like very like are there chains in this basement is there gonna be like a a, a sound effect
1: yeah it's very uh a lamb running by yeah it's super creepy (laughs) yeah um it's really creepy it's so damp it's, been, it's
2: super creepy, super damp, and the, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the whole thing is kind of done right on the edge of creepy and gorgeous, which, which I, I guess, like, I have a lot of feelings about that are that feel, like, powerful. Like, that feels like a powerful choice because... She So then she's going up these stairs and there's all these candles lit. And then we're moving out of like horror into like, oh, this is, ki- this is actually, this is kind of beautiful. And she's like walking through these candles and then she lights one of the candles and that's kind of beautiful. And then she's underwater and it seems so peaceful. She sees Laura Lee's face from underneath the water and then it like darkens at the sides <laughs> of the frame. Yeah. and it's like horror all over again and she gets out of the water screaming yes and she says I saw fire and light and Laura Lee says that's the Holy Spirit you've been touched
1: thoughts Jenny yeah I mean I think if Lottie had been a little bit more specific about what she saw this would not necessarily have been Laura Lee's interpretation (laughs) maybe
2: but i also was thinking about like my days of uh studying religion and its history and like how dark and terrifying the uh depictions and stories and so much that is the groundwork of like so many of the religions that are practiced on this earth are you know like they're like and also the the I took this course once on um, sacrifice. It, it was like a sac- it was like a course on sa- it wasn't a course teaching me how to sacrifice, just don't get too excited. Um but it was a course on like the history of sacrifice and connecting like Christianity and the you know like the practices of like taking the blood and the wine and like guys you don't need to think too hard to figure out where this history, where these traditions were sourced. They were sourced in the things that came before organized Christianity. When there were sacrificial rituals, et cetera, et cetera. And so like what I what I love that I don't have like the tools to completely articulate right now is just that I think that if you crack open spirituality and religion, you find things that are terrifying and that really walk the line between like horror and beauty, and that like mm. there's power there. And so I love that Lottie has this experience, and that Laura Lee, without missing a beat, is like that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> She's not yeah, like Kristen,
1: yeah. You ever had? You ever gotten a look at a biblically accurate uh, angel? Yeah, they're fucking terrifying. (laughs) What do you need all them eyes and wings all over themselves for? They're terrifying, and like we've taken
2: it, especially like I mean, I can only speak from a United States perspective, but we've like really taken it. And if you ask, if you showed my mom a picture of one of those historically accurate angels she'd be like get the hell out of my house with that shit that's not an angel yeah angel is beautiful and sparkly and pretty and will save me and love me and (laughs) it's like I don't know. I mean, it is too much for like this pod, but I just feel like there's something there that feels important to me because I think maybe a lot of what we've lost along the way with our practicing of religion is its sanitization um, and it's like uh, black and white nature and it's, you know, like oversimplification Mm-hmm. So I just think it's rad that Lottie comes out of the water screaming terrified and Laura Lee is like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, this tracks. This is, tr- yep. that is yep. fucking terrifying yep. to fucking see that shit. Yeah. Um, okay. So sorry. I did not anticipate going on a like that deep of a dive into um, the baptism. But, you know, I was raised Catholic and did a lot of graduate work. Trying to take religion apart with my hands so I guess it just bubbled up to the surface, Jenny.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
2: I'm sure we will touch upon baptism more, but where do you want to go <laughs> next?
1: <laughs> oh, let's talk about Thaisa. Oh, boy. Chomp, chomp. She's hungry. She's got a hunger. She's, uh,
2: the connection, actually, if we go from, from Lottie to Thaisa, the connection is also one of my favorite scenes in the series, which is Thaisa running <laughs> running past Lottie and Lottie being like, wait, 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 but before you go, were you eating dirt? And, and Thaisa, <laughs> Thaisa being like, what the fuck? No, Lottie, I don't have time for crazy right now. And she just keeps running. It's just good. It's good.
1: Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Thaisa, not doing not...
2: <laughs> Yeah, so what do we think here? This is Thaisa's trauma response. Thaisa's eating dirt in 96, and now Thaisa is eating dirt in 2021. Uh, Indeed. And so, and we have, like, this whole situation with, like, Sammy, and hearing that Sammy is under overwhelming amounts of stress. It feels
1: like, right? Uh. <laughs> The child psychologist that sees Sammy is diagnosing Ty basically is saying like, oh, psychogenic fugue dissociative amnesia yeah it's like it's so close it's right there (laughs) it's right next the
2: call is coming from inside the house uh but and taissa is so i mean like her response to the idea of therapy is so extreme like in a negative way you know she like so mad she suggests that like the therapist is just trying to make money by misdiagnosing their Sun, which is, you know, that's a really that that's
1: very, that's a very bleak
2: way to look at life. Yeah, that is a very extreme um response to this. And you it makes you wonder too, like what happened when they got back and what has Taisa been because if I mean, again, we don't know, but it's like if we are to take what this episode seems to be presenting, which is that Taisa is having these, what is it, fugue states? Mmm. <clears throat> and was having them in 96 then did she see a therapist did they are they all i'm sure had to go to therapy when they got back from this
1: experience i don't know it was 1997 or 1998 <laughs> when they got back so really but st- i don't know still i mean it seems like there
2: was a rejection out of hand from thaisa that she has been like no, hard yeah. no on this yeah
1: yeah uh let me just let me give you uh, a definition for dissociative fugue, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Wikipedia.
2: It's a trusted source of all psychologists.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dissociative fugue is a rare psychiatric phenomenon characterized by reversible amnesia for one's identity, including the memories, personality, and other identifying characteristics of individuality. The state can last for days, months, or longer. Uh, dissociative fugue usually involves unplanned travel or wandering mm. and is sometimes accompanied by the establishment of a new identity. For instance, someone who eats dirt. I was going to say, and sometimes includes eating
2: dirt. Um, we are not doctors. We are not medical professionals. We are we not are
1: simply reading a Wikipedia article. We are
2: yes, we are simply scratching a, a surface of a thing that uh, certainly are... can go much deeper than what we're presenting here. Uh, but obviously, for it's... our horror, yeah. for our horror television show podcast, uh,
1: yeah,
2: <laughs> I think that that's okay for now. And yeah, I we mean, are just
1: two women watching TV. <laughs> Uh,
2: but, yeah, I think, you know, this is clearly uh, what Thais is experiencing. And I wonder, like, what it means then at the end of this episode that she is aware that she is doing this thing. Because it seems very specific that that this is—like, that she comes to her consciousness with a bloody hand— while eating dirt. And I don't know that this is a fact, but it seems like this is the first time that she is aware that she has been doing this ever.
1: Yep. Right? Uh, yeah, it definitely has that feel. Like, if we're just reading her performance... Yeah. Uh, ...and her reaction to what Lottie says in in passing, uh, what we have to go on here indicates that, yeah, she's, she's experiencing this... For the first time. Yeah. Like, outside of the state. Outside of, exactly. And, like, probably drawing, if that
2: is true, drawing, like, a lot of connections to many things. Perhaps even the moment when she ran by Lottie in 1996. And Lottie (laughs) was like, dude, were you eating dirt? And she was like, the fuck? Where the fuck (laughs) would you come up with an idea like that? And then she's in... The tree, I hate that they live, I mean, like, I don't want Taisa to eat dirt, but I hate that they live in, like, an urban area where she has to, like, go to a potted tree to eat dirt. I just wish for her to at least have free-range dirt in, Right. you know, it just feels, it feels wrong that she has to go to this little
1: potted tree.
2: Um, All I can
1: think of is, like, feral cats using that potted tree as a bathroom. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. I don't want I that don't want to be the case, either. but I like, know. you know, a, a potted plant in an urban setting is not safe from feral cats in my experience. No, as a matter of
2: fact, it is like a prime target of feral cats. Uh so and this of course like this is a lot of um big this puts together a lot of big pieces for us the viewer because we now know that Sammy talking about the woman in the tree Um, was talking about thaisa and when he's saying the bad one and it's the other one he's probably been talking about his fucking mom and that he has seen his mom doing these things and has absolutely no tools as a tiny tiny baby to put together what the fuck is happening so this child is as we have not been able to fully establish until this moment in the podcast Completely fucking traumatized. Um, and that is why he's not okay, but definitely the least okay person in the house is Thaisa. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Simone is so mad. Oh my gosh. She is also so hot. The madder Simone gets, the hotter she becomes. I'm so sorry, but it's true.
1: She deserves to be mad. Yeah,
2: she sure does for so many reasons. Her stare at Thaisa in the in like the beginning when she's when they're basically just unpacking the fact that Thaisa has not dropped out of the race her stare I was like they say looks like if looks could kill this is that like
1: bottle this look because when looks can kill Ooh.
2: okay what else about Thaisa probably I mean really this isn't maybe that big of a deal but I, I mean it is but in the grand scheme of things is it they almost hit a biker on their drive home which is very terrifying
1: yeah 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 also the way that she spent when when simone and taissa are having their grown folks talk and taissa starts like like simone is obviously disturbed because like taissa said she was going to drop out of the race and then did exactly the opposite and then also apparently disappeared for the night and they never had a conversation probably because taissa was too busy eating dirt out of a potted tree right uh taissa spins this like well you know i looked at you and sammy and i was like this wasn't just my dream this was our dream and giving up on it felt like giving up on us this is what tells me this woman is destined uh for politics for politics yeah, uh, because she's absolutely full of shit
2: yeah she's completely full of shit and simone is like yeah well that's true fucking be at this appointment at three you fucking bitch (laughs)
1: <laughs> and like, if this
2: is actually about your fucking family, then why don't you do anything for your family? How about that? Uh, it's amazing to me that, I mean, we don't know how long Thais has been eating dirt. I'm going to assume it has not been that long. Um, but I just can't imagine being in a marriage where you did not notice this fairly quickly. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go out on a limb (laughs) and say that Thaisa has only just recently started this activity again because there's no Y'all way. Y'all don't
1: try to marry Kristen and keep your dirt eating a no secret. No way. I'll fucking not be I'm done. A, no, know you're eating dirt. I
2: give myself a, a maximum of two dirt eatings before I find out that you're <laughs> eating dirt.
1: Van is, a, uh, Van's on to the, even Van in the dark in, in the, the water lake. is like, why, <laughs> how did your fingernails get so filthy? Van and Tysa in the, in the water is, is so cute and great. Dude, van, Van writing, they're doing a game where they write different words on each other's backs and see if they can guess what they are. And Van's word is boobs. And Van is like, I write what I know. <laughs> and that rocks. <laughs> that rocks. It
2: rocks. It really rocks. She also says, "Treat me like a lady." In response to Taya's <laughs> dirty fucking fingernails, it's great. This is the kind of, this is the kind of representation we wanted in 1996. So it's lovely mm-hmm. to get it in flashback form. Um, they're cute, you know. They are cute. I will say it. I like them. That's true. Uh, and there's a brief acknowledgement in this um, moment as well that no one knows that they're making out and um, hooking up and our girlfriends and Van is like what are you scared of what other people would think and speaking of politicians sort of like twisting a story and I'm not gonna like necessarily say this is what's happening but it sure does seem like it it sure does seem like Thaisa does not want people to know that she's queer um and she's spinning it as she just doesn't want the drama of people knowing Mm -hmm. you know you can't know you can't get inside a a person's head but that's what it feels like um Thaisa also giving us a line that I think, Jenny, we both love when she's telling uh, Van that she wants to go and and save, you know, find find somebody, save them, go into the wilderness, etc. <laughs> she says, it's not like we're on an island. Oh, <laughs> 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 <sighs> <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, and that's the big 96 of it all for Thaisa, apart from eating dirt, is that by the end of this episode, um, Thaisa is, has told the camp that she's gonna, she's gonna go and she's gonna try to find help. Yeah. Because the alternative, I mean, she has a point. Like, the alternative is what? It does seem
1: weird that this hasn't already been something that's been in discussion. Yeah. All right, shall we talk about, uh... Our sweet, beautiful baby Shauna. Gosh. And
2: so, like, we get, we do get 95, Shauna and Jackie in this episode, too. Um, Just every time we see a scene, I'm like, that's in like 95 or 89 or whatever. I'm like, God damn it, past Kristen. Why'd you have to be a dummy? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about Shauna dreaming of her burger
1: chicken baby. We've all had a dream where we give birth to a rotisserie chicken, a delicious, succulent, juicy rotisserie chicken moving its little wings and crying like a baby. This is
2: amazing. This dream is amazing. I love it. A plus, A plus plus, 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 plus for this dream. Uh, I think it's done wonderfully. He's so beautiful, just like his father, Jackie says. Yeah, he says. looks
1: just like Jeff. <laughs> about the rotisserie chicken. Oh. oh. And then she starts uh, chowing down. Um Good Lord, I really hope that's not a harbinger of things to come. Know. At this point, definitely, we
2: were all like, wait, the math on the baby means that the, that baby is not Callie. So what happened to the baby? Did they eat the baby? Oh, no. Shauna's having dreams of eating the baby. Oh, no. Yes. I don't think they eat the baby.
1: That's my two cents.
2: I don't think they eat the baby.
1: Uh, uh. Okay, so... Taisa comes back from the waterfall and uh, she and Shauna have a little chat. Shauna is considering trying to give herself an abortion. She heard that somebody she went to school with did it to herself with the uh, wire from an underwire bra. (sighs) Uh, She also accidentally reveals to Ty that Jeff is the father.
2: Yeah. Well, she like accidentally and then purposefully I will I will say because I do think it's an I I like the way that it's written where she like kind of half slips and she doesn't have to like say it clearly and with her full self but she does um secrets 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 they're sharing secrets Thaisa and Shauna have a real episode this episode young young mm-hmm. ty and young shauna um i i want to talk about this um scene with the underwire the only thing that i find kind of bananas is that um taisa <laughs> says like this bra seems to be missing an underwire <laughs> like-
1: <laughs> detective <laughs> Ty.
2: <laughs> that part, I was like, well, I mean, I guess she was kind of on the lookout for it because Shauna had said as much, but it still is like, whatever. Um, but <clears throat> this scene, which is intercut, we should say, with the baptism scene, which is also like a very, very poignant and powerful choice. Uh, Mm. is really hard to watch at any point. But we are speaking to you from the year 2022, where I have to say that this scene took on an even heavier weight than it had when I watched the show when it aired in 2021. Um, It is, I think, there's... Okay, so the choice to have this scene go the way that it goes. Shauna is in the woods. She is like, brought all of the tools she believes that she needs... Um certainly I will say as a person who knows my body a lot more after many many years of journeying through fertility I know that I had absolutely no idea what parts of my body were inside of my body until that time. And I think that that holds true for most young people, certainly young women in 1996. So, you know, there is a, a total lack of of awareness here of what is even, tr- I think, it, uh, being attempted. Um, but she's in the woods and she's doing her best to kind of like piece it together. It's bad. It's bad. But it's also, I think, beautiful because i cried again i cried i cried when this scene happened in in real time when i was watching it and i cried again today watching it and it's not from the like terror and trauma of watching this it's actually from the fact that thaisa and shauna are together in this and the way that Mm -hmm. these actors deliver this performance for us because thaisa finds shauna And she make I have like the chills even talking about it because she makes the decision in that moment when she finds Shauna to not say you can't fucking do this. But to say like I you can't do this by yourself. I have to be here with you. And she tries to help her until Shauna cannot. do. I know I have like full body chills because it's so. Terrifyingly beautiful to me, this, this moment that they share where Shauna then can't do it. And she's just sobbing. And they take this thing out of Shauna and they hold each other and they're crying. And she's saying, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. This is mm-hmm. I can't even the no more of it. Like I can't, I don't even think I can talk anymore about it because I'm gonna cry again, just talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's just so where where we are, where we were, perhaps where we've fucking always been this is a stunning scene of television um and i, I don't think i need, i don't think i need to say more than that but what do you think mm-hmm. jenny
1: yeah i'd love to move quickly away from this
2: yeah but i, I appreciate its presence in the show um i i'd really do i i i just think it's true and i like the moment between the two of them um i think it's powerful and i also, am glad that no one dies here. That is
1: good. Yes, agree. So, uh, what else can we say about Shauna? Listen, she and Jackie have a little conversation about uh, Jeff. And Jackie's all like, oh my gosh, he told me that he loves me, and I didn't say it back, and I regret making him wait, and now I'm gonna die out here a virgin, and all of this stuff. She reveals that she even misses Jeff's (laughs) Ace Ventura impression. (laughs) Chekhov's Ace Ventura impression. (laughs) One can hope. Unleash the Jeff's Ace Ventura (laughs) impression tapes, you cowards. (laughs) Uh
2: yeah. I my note was, oh my God, of course Jeff does an ace ventura impression.
1: Uh Kristen, I am now married to someone who also has an ace ventura impression. <laughs> and it is, among other things, relentless. Um it is I, always with me. I
2: you know, I invite Jess to the pod at any point simply <laughs> to do her ace ventura impression. Wow. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also, there's a big Jim Carrey episode because also in Jackie's diary uh, in another scene, which I'm sure we're going to talk about Jackie's diary. One of her favorite movies is The Mask, uh, another yeah. Jim Carrey film. Uh, we got to talk
1: about this, actually. We do. We
2: do. But let's let's finish this because this scene in the woods is also important. There's m- more that I want to say about the scene between Jackie and Shauna in the woods. Hit it, bitch. We- <laughs> which is just that as Jackie is talking about the fact that Jeff might lose his virginity to somebody while she's gone, Shauna is like clutching the side of the tree with the weight of her own guilt and mm. Jackie is like, "Oh no, are you hungry?" And Jackie gives her the like last piece of jerky that she has in her little pocket pouch, whatever. Which, which is honestly,
1: just, oof. you know, pregnant women are supposed to be eating like three hundred more calories a day. Uh, so yeah, let's get that let's yeah. get that jerky going. Yeah, I don't want to be uh morbid, but I. I do, I am concerned for Shauna's general health, like the health of her body and its ability to support the growth of this baby. I mean,
2: the fact that, and like, I'm sure that these things have happened, but to be pregnant and then get in a plane crash and then be absolutely malnourished and exhausted. You're sure
1: this has happened? Well, I mean... (laughs) Kristen is positive this is happening. Uh sites we can source. Claire on the island. I, uh, yes. End of list. Claire Claire's baby. We got
2: baby uh-huh. Aaron. Baby mm-hmm. Aaron's here with us. So <laughs> they she left that. She had that baby after all that drama and she left that baby on a leaf. You know what I mean? She just left him on a leaf. <laughs> God damn it! Um, but but also though, here's the difference between Claire and Shauna is that Claire was like eight months pregnant, so like baby Aaron right. probably could have survived even if Claire had not survived the pa- plane crash. You know what I mean? Like, and I and I'm I was laughing hysterically because I didn't mean that this exact thing had happened. I just meant that like, you know, I'm sure I know that like there have been many pregnant women who have faced unspeakable trauma and still have like carried their pregnancies and have these babies, you know, it's just, but it is like really wild to think about the fact that, you know, Shauna has been through all of this and is like going through all of this and still is, uh, supporting this tiny, Fetus's existence inside of herself um anyway what were we talking about ace ventura the diary we were gonna get to the diary i just wanted to make sure that we talked about the fact that jackie you know did this really nice thing in the woods yeah uh
1: yeah jackie can be really nice Mm -hmm. i like jackie Yeah,
2: I know. You're really you're really pro Team Jackie this watch.
1: Look, it's not her fault that she has adapted to having hot girl privilege and that's (laughs) how she lives her life and that she's not very outdoorsy and that she doesn't want to be in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So let's talk about this journal. uh, we can, like, go back and talk about how we get to the journal in a minute, but since it kind of starts in 1995, yeah, uh, let's just, like, dig in here. We see Shauna and Jackie, or J- you know, Shauna sees a vision, a memory of her and Jackie in 1995 sitting on a bed mm-hmm. in Jackie's room, and Shauna is holding a pink journal, and she's writing stuff in it as... Jackie gives her very clear instructions about how she should ask Jeff if Jeff likes Jackie.
2: But it's like Randy, right? Isn't it like, tell Randy that you think, that Jeff thinks,
1: that I think. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's a a circuitous route that's being taken. Uh, It's a a plan of Machiavellian proportions. (laughs) Jeff will not see this coming. Uh, And... Okay. And then we see, you know, Shauna in 2021 holding this journal. Here's the deal. Shauna was writing notes in it. Right? She was like, holding. Is it Shauna's journal that now lives in Jackie's room? Was it Jackie's journal? Let's take a look. I... Knelt in front of my television and painstakingly transcribed. I could have just looked up scre- other people's screenshots, Definitely, but I did it myself.
2: Lot. This was a bit. Uh, if you didn't watch the show in real time, this was a moment for the internet kids.
1: Yeah, people were losing it, and uh, and here are some things we see <clears throat> inside the journal. Page one. My top ten tunes are want of You by the Spice Girls, Killing Me Softly by the Fugees, Always Be My Baby by Mariah Carey, Ironic by Alanis Morissette, Doin' It by Ladies Love Cool James, 1990- 1979 by Smashing Pumpkins, Wonderwall by Oasis, Because You Loved Me by Ch- Celine Dion, Give Me One Reason by Tracy Chapman, and Who Do You Love by Deborah Cox. Fave bands, there are two, and neither of them are represented in the my top 10 tunes list. They are Outkast and No Doubt. Hey, we were more, I think we were a little more conscious in the late 90s
2: of like the fact that you could like a song by an artist, but that didn't necessarily. Oh okay. <laughs> well, I mean, because we were listening <laughs> to no, full totally, albums totally. like
1: way more, you know. this Now this list makes it seem to me like this is Jackie's. Channel. yes yeah okay and yes. actually everything movie, that i'm about to read you makes me feel the, like i was it's, gonna it's say it's the jackie movies general.
2: are the most jackie list of all time
1: okay top 10 movies fear the birdcage the cable guy <laughs> romeo plus juliet jumanji scream striptease matilda the english patient the craft now check this it out
2: such an incredible list i know you're gonna talk about math i just like Fear next to the birdcage. Fucking scream next to Striptease next to Matilda. Just just delicious. The
1: range.
2: The range here is just, it's just, yes, go ahead, Jen. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay.
0: Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: So the release dates of these movies, let's talk about them. Because it's 1996. mm and the girls' soccer team is going to nationals. Mm-hmm. Girls' soccer is a fall sport, question mark? Let's be generous and say it's it's the fall of 1996. Yes. We can uh, be as ge- as generous
2: as you want to be. You're still never going to fit fucking Scream in there, I'll tell you what.
1: Romeo plus Juliet came out. October 27th, 1996. Mm -hmm. The English Patient came out November 15th, 1996. And Scream came out December 18th, 1996. Just one day after my 16th
2: birthday.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, So, yeah. I'll tell you what else. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a couple more uh, tasty little tidbits before I dump some more reality in your lap okay uh celeb crush jonathan taylor thomas uh, uh don't forget about justin timberlake who is also there
2: you have to okay, have and a j and a minimum of one t in your name at least, to be jackie yeah.
1: oh my god J-T- her name is jtt her name is and jackie taylor jackie taylor there's a round of mash and here are the husband candidates mash for those who have never played it is a thing oh my god it's like mansion apartment shack house that's what mash stands for and you come up with like four candidates for your husband and your job and how much (laughs) money you have and what your house will be it's how we all learned about classism yeah (laughs) Uh, and then, and then you would do a sort of like a, a by counting, you would sort of, uh, reduce the, the, uh, candidates until it came down to one in each and then you would have your results. But okay. In the husband list, we have Jeff, Travis, some guy named Nick and Kristen, do you have any idea who the fourth candidate might be? No, I didn't. Why? It's coach Ben Scott. What? I didn't look at the mash at all, actually. Obviously, Coach Ben Scott is hot. He's a hot man. <laughs> Co- clearly. But the, the- The fact that um, someone from the faculty has made it into this mash. Oh, but this makes unprecedented. No, it
2: isn't. No, it is not. Mash was a wild time because the deal with Mash, at least from my playing of Mash, was that you would put basically one person that you wanted in there, maybe two, and then the other people were people you did like. You had to make the stakes high so you could be like, "Oh shit, you got Travis in a shack." Remember what I told you about classism? Yeah, kid like you know what i mean and 12 kids like you you had to set yourself up for like the nightmare scenario to make the game fun so i think that this could track
1: mm. okay okay <laughs> well i would hardly i would hardly classify coach scott as a nightmare scenario the last page of data that we have is even more telling than the last bunch of date information i gave you Movie characters I would be include Sidney Prescott from Scream, which again was released in December of 1996, Rose Dawson from Titanic, which was released in 1997, Mm -hmm. Angela Hayes from American Beauty, and What's Her Bucket from 10 Things I Hate About You, both released in 1999, Mm. and Torrance Shipman, God bless America, from Bring It On, which was famously released in the year of our Lord. 2000. Yeah. So what are we thinking?
2: (laughs) Well, I did. I mean, this is we've now reached the point where I'm watching in real time. And Jenny, I think you are damn near close to like being watching this show because I remember this being a hot topic in the text message exchanges between Kristen Russo and Jenny Owen Young's. And so I did a lot of thinking about this. And my theory was that this was Jackie's diary or they had shared diaries and that Sean... Because I just could not and still cannot get on board with the fact that this would just be an oops by the props department. It is so specific. So yeah. my guess was that, that you know, Shauna continued going over Jackie's house. Ha- because at this point I was like, Jackie clearly died and Jackie's no more. So Shauna is when she gets back from the island she is going over to Jackie's house because she misses her best friend and she's still doing these things that they did together um Mm. but just without Jackie so that's what I put on the table for consideration
1: (laughs) another option Jackie made it back from the island but then but then died, died, died for after some right. unknown reason. Right, right. Uh, after the year 2000. after She just needed to make it to bring it on, and then she could... And then, yeah, uh, she has to make it to Serious sweet release. As
2: soon as she sees Eliza Deshku, uh, then she's ready to go. Yeah, and and maybe this will... Jenny, you can, you can tell me if this gets the gavel for not allowed or allowed. But mm. I paused my television this watch on the photo of Jackie blowing out her birthday candles because this is Jackie's birthday and I counted the candles. How many were there? 15 candles. Okay. So, I don't know if that's past, but and it doesn't enough. mean it it just felt like okay, so then if Jackie's last birthday she was 15, then she doesn't make it back. Well, no,
1: from... but aren't they like seniors? So these are inconclusive birthday candles. Inconclusive birthday
2: candles. No one can know. No one knows. But what we do know is that most of us watching this show in real time spent days of our lives, not to be confused with the soap opera, researching Mm. every fucking thing that was in this goddamn journal. Uh, And perhaps we'll get answers. Perhaps we won't. (laughs) Remains to be seen.
1: So does that do it for teen Shauna? Can we? Mm, it, de-
2: it depends because there's this confusing like we got we have to go to brunch at the Taylors with adult gotta go to Shauna. brunch gotta go to brunch with adult Shauna and Jeff at um, Jackie's parents' house and there is a little bit that I want to talk about that has to do with adult Shauna flashing back so we can let's just go to brunch and we'll put everything else in the bin that we need to talk about at brunch
1: okay. So it's the annual It's Jackie's Birthday R.I.P. Brunch at the Taylor Household. Uh, Uh, Jackie's parents are really lacking in social skills. And while I understand that losing your teen daughter must be painful in in ways we we cannot know. uh, And obviously that would impact, you know, the rest of your life, I think, uh, to some degree. I don't, I think by now (laughs) they should have figured out how to uh, coexist with people who loved Jackie without uh, just completely negging them.
2: Yeah. Your thoughts? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, I love to give as much room as possible. It's like part of my DNA to just be like, well, I agree. I do, the the only room that I will give to this is that, we are put in 2021 because it is an anniversary year. As a matter of fact, um, I believe it's. <gasps> Some a... might
1: say that's reunion pay dirt, baby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if this pod ever gets a jingle, it should just be a pager jingle. Hell yeah! Um, so, so we know that for the survivors of this uh, plane crash, it is 25 years. So I will give a little bit of room to the to the fact that these parents clearly have always been a bit of an asshole about their daughter. I am 100% positive that they were a bit of an asshole about their daughter while she was still alive. <laughs> um okay, so when we're at brunch after Shauna oh opens up God. the bunny statue, she's also getting sex. Well, they're not sex yet, but I mean Adam points in one direction and it is a sex. So uh-huh. It's not sexy yet, but it's going to get there. She goes upstairs to get away from the chaos where, you know, sh- uh, Jackie's parents are being shitbags. She goes into Jackie's room. That's when we see the diary. It's also when Shauna sees Jackie sitting on her bed saying, mm-hmm. It's not your fault. It wasn't your fault. What wasn't her fault? We don't know.
1: Shauna's we like, We don't know yet, but Shauna's like, I know, <laughs> and Jackie's like, "What? No, it's totally your fault." Yeah, no, but your we line was, yeah, your line was
2: actually, "This is totally your fault." Um, but we were kids, and it was awful. And then there's this, like, really cool. I love this. Why are you here? Says Shauna to Jackie, and then Ghost Jackie? Question mark says, "Why are you here?" To Shauna. <laughs>
1: And then we get a little Jeffus interruptus Mm -hmm. uh, pulling Shauna out of her reverie and uh, they have a little exchange. He's like, well, you left me alone down there. She's like, do you ever wish dot, 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 you know? Yeah. And he's like, we can leave if you want. Uh, And that's what we got. The Shauna-Jackie-Jeff triangle
2: is prominent in this episode. Clearly, we already talked about the scene in the woods between Jackie and Shauna. There's the whole baby situation. Um, And in present day, we are triangulating again because of this birthday gathering. And, um, you know, I think at least to put a bit of a bow on that triangle... Do we want to? I'm not sure. Uh, let's put a
1: buddy on that triangle. Let's put a buddy
2: on that triangle. Um I just think that the fact that I just think that this the car ride that Shauna and Jeff take really does a lot of work for us here, or at least for for me, um, in Jeff telling Shauna He doesn't wish that he married Jackie. They've made a life together, and it's not perfect or what they thought it would be, but he doesn't have any regrets. Jackie was going to break up with me anyway. That was all I was ever going to be to Jackie, a high school boyfriend. But you and me, we built, he trails off, we are still together. And that means something. I love you. And Shauna reaches over and holds his hand. This I isn't. feel like
1: there's some things he could have left out. <laughs> yeah, but I
2: kind of love that he doesn't. It's like very Jeff. Like Jeff is yeah. like honest to a fault question mark again. Like, I don't know. It's like I I, I think a lot because people have brought up the Jeff Riley comparison. Um, and I think that I do think that Riley is is a Jeff. I just think that Jeff was able to be written as his full self, which is what makes Mm. us love Jeff. And I don't think that Riley was ever filled in like this because it's the, it's the, the fact that Riley was never filled in that makes you be like, what the fuck? But when you see the fullness that is Jeff, you like, I mean,
1: I am, I love Jeff. I love him so much. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to back up a second. Uh, so we can really appreciate Jeff because yeah, yes, let me run down some things that uh, Mrs. Taylor says to Shauna and Jeff. Uh, Jackie would have been happy for you. She was generous that way, and she always worried about Shauna finding someone. Mm. You two are a better match. The the type to be content. Also, you can't be remarkable and raise a family. <laughs> Jeff's the only one who contributes. They they say this when they're talking about offering to to help with Callie's college, and Shauna is like absolutely not. Uh, then, mm, uh, then sh- then she says later, Jackie was so gifted. I can't imagine how exhausting it must have been to always be comparing yourself to someone so beautiful and smart. And that's when Jeff has had enough. He's like Shauna got into Brown. She's the smartest person I ever met. She also Shauna and I were sleeping together when Jackie and I were still a couple. Jackie was amazing, but so is my damn wife. <laughs>
2: I may have been an idiot then, but at least I was smart enough to see that. And this really is the best tuna quiche I have ever tasted.
1: Okay, how dare anyone serve tuna quiche at brunch time? Agree. You ma- or ever. Quiche?
2: But tuna in the
1: sobering light of day. Or quiche. One or the other. One I or say. the other. You can't have it both ways. Mm-mm.
2: Um yeah. Yeah, this is a, this is good, Jeff. This is good, good. I like it. I'm here for it. And I also believe that I also believe that Jeff had had enough. Like he's been going to these brunches and probably maybe not to this level, but has been picking up a lot of this shit for however many years. And he's like, you can go fuck yourself, actually.
1: Uh, and Shauna is pleased, isn't she? Oh yeah. Oh, she is pleased as punch yeah and she decides not to text adam back she's so pleased until jeff has to go back into the store for more inventory database nonsense and then shauna's like fuck it
2: yeah adam my note to adam is be cool man be cool adam is un. (laughs) adam is unspooling He's texted Shauna that, I miss you. Is that too much? Then he's waited an undetermined amount of time to be like, what are you wearing? And then again, call me. And then, I do not miss you. Just kidding. And then a pile of his clothes. Can you guess what I'm wearing? No response from Shauna that whole time. Adam, you need to be cool.
1: Adam, it would be cool if you could be cool. Yeah.
2: Okay. So Adam is not being cool, but he does eventually win win out despite his lack of coolness because of the fact that Jeff leaves and Shauna's like, hey, I can do that too. So one other like tiny Shauna thing, which is only related in a book club sense is that we have not yet talked about the coming together of Shauna, Thaisa and Nat in adult form. But before that happens in the motel parking lot, Randy is there because he's in a fight with his wife, Tammy.
1: They're going. They're having one of their little divorces right now.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Um, And one of my favorite parts about the Randy Shauna exchange, which is just absolutely delightful from top to bottom. Is the uh, I mean, Randy literally has a tattoo of a yellow jacket on his side, which he shows oh Shauna. Uh, it's all very, very, very good. Um, but my favorite part is that Shauna only knows how to tell one lie, and it is always Book Club, no matter what. She literally <laughs> still uses Book Club, and the part she's like, "My Book Club meets over there."
1: <laughs> well, uh, Randy is like Jeff's best bro, right? So she's got to keep it consistent that's true in case they compare notes
2: that's true that's true okay that is true i forgot about that i should have known because randy says to give jeff a big man hug from me yeah (laughs) all right so let's let's talk about perhaps Nat for a second before we get into Mm -hmm. sort of them all coming together and the blackmailing and the misty of it all condoms are on the island great great news we've got condoms kids uh ben in fact has a million condoms thank god so many condoms
1: how many pajamas do you need for a one week trip to seattle one how many condoms do you need for a one week trip to seattle when you're as hot as coach ben scott the sky's the limit my friends Oh, I love Coach Ben so much. And I love, so he
2: has caught wind. He basically says like, you know, you know, girls talk about everything. Well, I basically know that you're fucking around with Nat because I live with 100 girls and Mm -hmm. they're all talking about it and everybody knows. And they do because there's a great, there's a great like Travis and Nat return to the campfire moment where they're all whistling. And I think Van says, "Is beaver season just van mvp mvp um (laughs) but uh, regardless coach ben has gotten word of this and luckily has prepared himself for his week in seattle man he really missed out huh like he was gonna have a time in seattle yeah And he gives Travis all of these condoms because he says, and he's right, like, it's none of my business until it is my business. Because if there's a baby uh, out here, then it's everybody's business. It's everybody's business because that's going to be a fucking disaster. And Travis makes fun of Ben for having so many condoms, which is delightful. And then what's even more delightful (laughs) is that when Travis leaves, Ben says to basically nobody, like, fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he says to the corpse of skeleton buddies somewhere outside yeah lord yeah, help yeah. me and save me please i did not sign up for trying to talk to travis about having sex with nat nor lying to misty about having a crush on her i just wanted to bring my condoms to seattle and get laid that's all i wanted
1: yeah he's a simple man <laughs> so we see nat and travis hooking up a bunch uh we see travis accidentally drop a condom and Nat's like oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, and that leads to a conversation about like what's everybody's number uh Classic. And then uh nat does a little uh feminism speech
2: that does a little feminism it, just leave it there Nat does a little feminism yeah. she she quotes she doesn't even know that she's future quoting janelle monet saying that the vagina now has a monologue <laughs> i was like mm. wait i've heard this before where have i heard this before oh right <laughs> a fucking it's in a janelle monet song um yeah i mean i i I love I I know that we don't know the whole of Travis and Nat's relationship, but we've only heard about future them via Thaisa, who calls it toxic. Right. But I actually Mm -hmm. get really wonderful vibes from the two of them as a duo in this episode. I think that they really catch each other a lot of times, especially given the fact that they are teenagers You know, we have, like, Travis feeling really insecure at the jump when they're first making out. And Natalie, like, really, really taking care of him and going above and beyond to be like, you're a really good kisser. And I actually don't want to leave, you know? Like, that's nice. Mm -hmm. And then we get the reverse of that with him asking for Nat's number. Nat carries a lot of baggage already at this age because she has her own teammates calling her a fucking slut. So who knows how many people are calling her a slut outside of just her teammates. Um, and so she gets really upset. And Travis, I think, does a really great job of actually being vulnerable enough to say, like, I actually haven't ever slept with somebody and I didn't mean anything. But, you know, I'm like, they, they just are good. Mm-hmm. They're really talking to each other and they're really... I think helping each other feel safe to share an intimate experience and that is like where yeah. they get to. They get to that place and I just think it's I just think it's really nice and I love them. It is
1: nice. It is good. Uh But you know, nothing kills a boner like staring out the door of the your recently crashed aircraft where a number of your has died actually and seeing a bloody antlered deer they're totally gonna take a one-way ticket to bone
2: town except for that bloody deer That Bloody deer just scoots right on by. But it is still kind of good. I mean, like, I don't like that the deer is bloody. But in the first and before you see that the deer is bloody, it's like they're maybe going to have sex. And then it's like there's a deer. That's great. Everybody's so hungry. And Travis is like, grab the gun. And I'm like, I'm still in it. I'm still into it. Okay, you know what I mean? Like we have just (laughs) changed lanes on the sexy highway, but it's we're still here. It's not until that damn fucking bloody ass antlered situation happens and then leads to maggots like then my then the boner's gone. Then there's no boner. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean the fact that they can even and Nat calls this out like they are literally their makeout sessions are happening on a bloody plane. So Yeah. They're really having to, you know, imagine use their imaginations fantasy mm. thank god for fantasy luckily at least one version of nat gets to do it He's in this episode. this episode by
1: hot hot kevin yes we love to see him uh he happens to swing by the efficiency apartment just as natalie is heading out to sell her frigging porsche um, One thing that I want to talk about before
2: Nat bangs Kevin, probably a few things, but one of them is that I would like to redact my former hypothesizing about Nat wearing fishnets for Halloween. Because yeah, because she's still wearing fishnets. Over the top of a button up white collared shirt above her jean shorts. <laughs> Sweetie, Under... no. it's a lot I'm actually It's. A, I'm not sure it's a no I don't even know if it's a no at this point we've gone so far it's so fucking much that who knows what it is who knows what it is but it's a lot Um. so we learn a little bit here about Kevin because we really don't know that much except for the haiku he gave us but it seems that Kevin either I mean it's is this Kevin's kid it's either Kevin's kid or Kevin's step kid Um, Oh, definitely Kevin's kid. Kevin's kid. I mean, it looks like it's Kevin's kid. Um, And mom couldn't make it to the game. We don't really know why. And so he brings Nat
1: to the game. And it's cute. She has, despite the fact that she probably hasn't played soccer in 25 years, she has a spicy little tip for Mason. Mason.
2: This reminded me of when I was like, I don't know if Nat would like dance to the Montel Jordan song and you were like, uh, you forget that Nat is a jock. I had that moment in this scene mm-hmm. as well where I was like, Whoa, oh, there she is. There it is. There's the jock side of Nat where she's like, yes. sweepers, sweepers, we go left and then go right. And then she's like squ- yes. shouting for this kid as he makes the goal. It's very, very cute. <laughs> um, but she's sort of like, it triggers her and i don't think that any of us know like the exact of it all but it's just like soccer trauma whatever mm-hmm. and she gets so into it that i think she like loses that guard that she probably holds and she's like i have to get the fuck out of here and she just goes into the parking lot to like smoke a cigarette and calm down kevin is um really really sweet as well in this exchange after the game is over he comes out and he's like they won Um, and just so you know, like, I don't think that you're crazy. I think you've been through a lot, and that's okay with me. And then he holds her hand. Now,
1: this is, I would have sex with you too, Kevin! This is good shit to take care of her. Very nice and cute. It really is. Uh, Uh, Kevin, you should probably run, but (laughs) have fun since you're already here. Okay, so um
2: clearly we know that Misty is watching them bang um on oh, her fucking no iPad or whatever the fuck I <laughs> lament So this maybe is. M- maybe we should go to the section I call Misty and her medical murder thievery since we've got a very small amount of Misty in this episode <laughs>
1: Yeah. But she really uh... makes it work. She
2: makes it last. She makes the time last.
1: Woof. Yeah, we see her um leaving work and emptying her scrubs pockets of the medicine that she has stolen from work into a duffel bag completely full of medicine we assume she has stolen from work and then while she's watching Nat and Kevin bang No, I'm a multitasker. I love to have, like, a manual task to do that I don't have to think about while I'm watching TV so that I can feel like I'm productive while watching TV. And so I can really appreciate where Misty is coming from as she fills her uh, mortar and pestle up with pills that she crushes methodically while watching uh, the owl fuck cam good god she um likes
2: cronuts we can add that to the list of things that misty likes uh coconut <sighs> lacroix cronuts it almost sounds like the same thing mm-hmm. uh she, she, she co- probably
1: likes tuna quiche if
2: i'm being oh, honest oh she probably does oh my god she should be the absolutely be the one going to those birthday she would also love those rabbit statues let's be real yes so, um, okay, so Misty calls fucking Jessica Roberts because she is apparently taking matters into her own hands. Uh, she, has, oh yeah, she has heard. I assume, like, she has heard also through the owl cam the conversation between Nat and Shauna and Taissa, where Nat was gonna call Jessica Roberts and then didn't. So Misty calls Jessica Roberts and is like, "Meet me." Uh, you'll know it's me by the overture from Phantom of the Opera
1: blasting from my
2: car. From my
1: hospital green Fiat. This car, it comes from the same place as Coconut Croix. Oh my goodness. And, um, she does a little, she does a little stabby stab, doesn't
2: she, Jenny? She does
1: a little syringe in the thigh. And Jessica Roberts wakes up in Misty's basement Handcuffed to a hospital bed with duct tape over her mouth. Okay? She's
2: screaming as Misty, like, leaned up at the top of the stairs in the doorway, says, Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the
1: fact that you're a terrible person keep you up tonight. Says the person who just drugged you and handcuffed you Free. to a hospital bed in her basement. <laughs> oh, no. Woof. Uh, we, we hate
2: to see it. Oh, my God. So that's a lot from Misty. I assume we'll carry on through that plot line in the next episode. Can't wait to find out what the fuck is going to happen between those two and when, how mm-hmm. Caligula may or may not get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So since this, since she's
1: watching them on the owl cam, do you want to talk about blackmail? Yes. This is a perfect time to talk about. Blackmail. When the gals, when the gal squad mm-hmm. uh, initially meets at Natalie's efficiency apartment, <laughs> few things that, that we really need to talk about. Natalie and Shauna are seeing each other for the first time. Natalie's first words to Shauna are, you look like shit. What a bitch. <laughs> and then how's Jeff? Is he still hawking and Thaisa is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. What is between what Natalie and Shauna? Oh, I can't wait to uh, learn. They give Shauna a little tour of Travis's autopsy photos and the candle wax triangle buddy hypothesis. Uh, we learn, importantly, that Shauna did not receive a postcard or a blackmail text and they're like even misty got a post. i know shauna's like you both got one she's like sad about
2: yeah. it she's feeling a little yeah. fomo for the triangle but classic triangle
1: buddy fomo uh thaisa lies and says that she threatened jessica roberts with a lawsuit
2: mm-hmm. which we know is
1: not true Um,
2: Shauna masterminds this so quickly is a note that I took like she oh yeah she only just found out about the blackmail two seconds ago and she's like we'll we'll just put a GPS tracker in the money bag I'm like Shauna what what <laughs> Where? You just pulled that out of your ass? Like, what? I thought Misty yeah. was the fucking citizen detective. What the hell's going right. on over here?
1: Well, <clears throat> I don't know. Shana-, Shana also probably listens to like murder podcasts, right?
2: Yeah, while well, she kills rabbits in her yard. Seems yeah. fitting. Also, just like to that point, I think that. You know, obviously, there's, like, the the butchering in the woods of it all, and that's, like, what you connect when you think about Shauna killing a rabbit. But I do think that there's a lot of rabbit. There's a lot of deer in this episode. We we got a lot of deer, no wolf in this episode, but Mm. there's also a significant helping of rabbit because... We you know, we see Jackie in the woods ready to kill a rabbit right uh, right next to Jackie's parents being like she loved cute little rabbits, you know, like <laughs> and then we know that Shauna has killed a rabbit and served it in her stew. Like there's just there's just a lot happening here. I think like the parallel of Jackie writing in her diary about all of her favorite movies and being trying to survive in the woods uh, mm-hmm. like the dichotomy there is the same as the dichotomy between writing like Matilda next to striptease. Right.
1: hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh, so Taisa can't get the money out of her account without Simone co-signing and sh- she's not telling Simone that she needs $50,000. So instead, Natalie sells her Porsche. Yeah, I can't RIP believe harsh. she did it. She says I I feel like it's a lie.
2: She's like it just the car wasn't who I am anymore. And I'm like She
1: said when I bought it, I was somebody else. Somebody who wasn't being blackmailed about my my <laughs> wilderness cannibalism <laughs> yeah. for $50,000. Yeah,
2: okay. okay, that's I guess then then she is telling the truth. Um, <laughs> but oof, she does it without even like batting an eye. She's just goodbye car. Also, why practical? wild to me that she has this car but Thaisa is paying for her was paying for her like recovery um, rehab stay so maybe there's more to that line than like we know you know that about this car maybe there is more to Mm. that car
1: than meets the eye Mm. (laughs) right at the end of the episode they receive the all right here's where you're gonna drop the money text Uh, so you know that feel don't you just hate it (laughs) When you're in a f- deep in a fugue state, shoveling uh, <laughs> potted tree soil into your mouth and you get a text that's like, hurry up, rushing you about dropping $50,000 somewhere. Uh, I do hate it
2: usually unless it like lets me know that this has been happening because maybe that's helpful, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, to be yeah, honest It with is you, Jenny- actually a bit of luck,
1: I think. I don't uh, know if I have it the tools. It will
2: be a bit of luck in the long run. To really assess how I'd be feeling, but yeah, Um <laughs> yeah, it's time to drop off the cash. Do you think they've all been told to drop off the cash at the same time and place, or is it staggered? Like, what's what's the game here?
1: Well, I, I don't know what's going on with Misty, but I th- I think we see that that tie and not get the text at the get same the time. Text at the same time. So like in this blackmailer's vision, they're like, what are you
2: doing here? <laughs> ah. Um okay. Uh I thought, Jenny, when you started talking about the end of the episode that you were gonna talk about the horrific insides of the deer with the bloody <laughs> antlers. Which which kind of ties into something in the woods that we didn't talk about too, too much, which is like food is like food was an issue. Food is now like seriously an issue. Um, uh, Yeah. We, you know, we have a whole scene where (laughs) Mari again, like so relatable. Seriously? How the fuck are there? No berries. This is me in the woods. I am actually Mari is what I've realized after studying these characters. So the deer is full of maggots. The you deer hate to see is, it, also, but also
1: if they were being resourceful, they could pull out all those maggots and like no saute them. No, yes, pro- no. delicious succulent protein. No, maggot. Yes, they're starving You're- in the
2: wilderness. No, I would die in the wilderness before I ate a maggot. Do you want to know why? why? Two reasons. One, maggots are disgusting, and two, a movie called The Lost Boys starring Kiefer Sutherland as a vampire where he makes the Chinese food, white rice, look like Mm. maggots, and I watched it as a child,
1: and I can and will never know. Oh, you know what, Kristen? I actually Googled, can you eat a maggot? (laughs) 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 You just get, like, a self-help pamphlet in the mail from the people who monitor the internet. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The internet says eating maggots or maggot-infested food can cause bacterial poisoning. I was thinking of grubs because they look like much bigger maggots. Guess who survived this episode of
2: Doomcoming? Kristen one, Jenny zero. Congrats. (laughs) Congrats. Oh, God. I'm so glad that nobody has to eat maggots. Um, But yeah, this deer is rotting and... You know, uh, probably most important point, even more important than everyone still being hungry because they can't eat this deer, is that the fucking deer that Lottie uh, saw in her vision is now at their feet at the campsite.
1: Yeah. So Ooh. perhaps
2: we should all be molders. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yes. Uh, and you know who is a f- the the biggest molder of them all is fucking. I refer to her in my notes lovingly as LL. Uh, That's for, right for Laura Lee. Laura Lee is like, uh, yeah, you, yep, <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. Laura Lee is
1: like, I want to believe.
2: Yeah, yeah, she sure
1: is. Wow. Woo! Well, Kristen, have I got a question for you? Oh, I'm I'm gonna have an answer. What's the most '90s thing? Mm. Is it a little my little pony? Oh. Is it giving people the finger while saying sit and spin? Is it hearing a rumor about someone in your school giving themselves an abortion with the underwire from a bra? <laughs> oh, that's dark. I know it's dark, <laughs> but I <laughs> I know, we're here to do the, the Lord's like, work. I you understand. know, it's yeah. it's didn't come from nowhere. I know. Or is it tuna quiche uh it is absolutely sticking
2: your middle finger up and saying sit and spin I actually highlighted it in my notes as the if Jenny puts this in this is my answer (laughs) which is why I was so silent because on my end Jenny can uh testify to the fact that I was sitting here like tight-lipped nodding emphatically when she said it that wins do you agree I agree. Yeah. That is the correct Suck answer. Can sit and spin. That whole exchange, like even like you can include a fucking van being like is it beaver season? Like the whole <laughs> the whole run of that dialogue was just 1000% 1, 1996. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. Uh, well, should we is has the time come for us to turn our eyes uh forward and c- contemplate what the buzz might be. Yes. If you are skipping this section, you might
2: as well sit and spin. We'll be back on the other wow. side.
1: <laughs> and Kristen said that, not Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So a few things. Yeah. You're
2: leading the charge because I didn't have time. <laughs>
1: Okay, uh, okay. So from uh, Jenny thinking, Jenny's little thoughts, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the alt title <laughs> for this segment. Uh, all right. Obviously, we know Jeff is the blackmailer. There was some c- confusion in my mind. I think when I when I first watched the series, I was like, Are the postcards connected to the blackmailing? I thought I like I had filed them elsewhere. Yeah, but true. Shauna didn't get a. Didn't get a postcard either. So right now I'm writing the uh, Jeff sent these posts. Jeff? Jeff went to fucking... Kinko's? (laughs) Vistaprint.com. And he printed out these little postcards. Do you think Randy is in on it? No, Randy is... God bless him. Randy just has other stuff going on. I just can't. Uh, I cannot. Also...
2: Jeff being like, let me go analog and digital. Like, let me take both paths. Yeah, yeah. God, help me.
1: Okay, so consider, if you will, the Taylors offering uh, college money to help with Callie's education. Shauna can't take this money because of her enormous guilt over Jackie's death. Jeff choking on his tuna quiche, being like, oh god no please let us accept this money fuck i know he's such
2: a good boy about it too i had a, like a moment of being like jeff chokes on his food to fucking keep it together and stand by shauna's <laughs> side and this because he's like please <gasps> uh
1: i didn't come across too much juicy stuff in the reddit from when this episode came out people we're definitely like, oh, Jeff is the blackmailer, Jeff is the blackmailer, Jeff is the blackmailer. Uh, people were wondering if Ben was banging Coach Martinez, and that's why he had so many condoms. Because if you recall, when, uh, when we see everybody leaving to, like, go to the plane, uh, Mrs. Martinez does not seem interested w- whatsoever in uh, any affection mm-hmm. from her husband, whose first name is Coach. Right. Uh, and... Ben has a whole lot of condoms. I think it's probably more realistic uh, that Ben just had some adventure, some adventures planned. Uh, but I guess
2: there's nothing to disprove this theory on the table right now.
1: Other than that, Ben has a boyfriend, uh,
2: which is not like I
1: think. I think Ben was like going to do to visit his hookups. Boyfriend. I don't think. I don't think Ben right has uh i don't think ben is like has a boyfriend and also is having a ongoing affair with his co-worker Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's my that's what i the vibe i yeah from the complete season yeah uh also (laughs) someone on reddit said too bad lottie didn't have a premonition before getting on the plane oh my god the meds. she didn't have a yeah. premonition before getting on the plane because she's still on her meds at that right. point right uh which seemed to interfere with her visions or precognition or what have you yeah i am um,
2: i i guess like one thing that i want to talk about in the spoilery section about lottie is just this this like thread that is starting to happen for me with like lottie and laura lee and like religion and spirituality and where we know that this goes which is or at least where we think that this goes based on how the series ends which, uh, how the season ends which is that there's like that lottie is like the head of this cult um and so that just got me thinking about the way like what would have happened if laura lee didn't die you know, because Laura Lee is this like really grounded guiding force in this moment for Lottie. And it right. feels powerful. But then Laura Lee has got what? Fucking two, not even, two full episodes left? Rest her p- perfect, beautiful soul. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, I just, it's like the in the bigger thinky thoughts of the spoilery section of just yeah, like, huh. the bigger thinky thoughts. Huh. You know, because what is the show? What is the show going to say about like, being in a cult and like blah blah blah. And how are they gonna like so it just seems like a really fascinating origin point to to look more at this relationship between Laura Lee and Lottie, knowing right where we're headed. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but yeah, I didn't have anything too, too specific here um for this week, except for that. Oh, I'll save this for the other side of the spoilers. For this is not a spoiler, but I there was a note that I didn't get to say. But do you have anything else in Jenny's spoilery spoiler corner? That completes my contributions. Great. Uh, On the other side of what's the buzz, I forgot to say that when Shauna replies to fucking Adam, she tells him to lie on the floor face down and wait for her. She may or may not show up in 45 minutes. Standing ovation for Shauna the top in this and every relationship
1: this just distinctly feels like absolutely none of our business (laughs) (laughs) misty
2: begs to disagree
1: (laughs) yeah i mean misty can have it (sighs) oh Oh. Um,
2: all right gee whiz is that this whole episode I mean honestly as you can tell uh, if you're listening to this podcast uh, there is a lot in all these episodes so we are certainly going to miss things because if we didn't we'd be here yeah. for you know 1000 years
1: um the next oh, episode we talked about the episode for twice as long as the episode and yet and yet the next episode Jenny
2: is called no compass which seems like a harbinger of doom, given the fact that we know that that at least Jace is heading into the woods. I sure yeah, hope that she yikes. does have a compass. Maybe, please. Yikes. So I guess we'll see uh, what happens hate to see it. next um, time. Mm. Well, uh, Jenny, um, perhaps you can say until next time, Oh, are we just gonna do? Are we gonna stick with uh g- girls ch- 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 chanting creepily, whatever the fuck they they do? Oh, uh, women vocalizing
1: eerily. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's do that again. Okay. Till next time. <laughs>